Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Yes. Last week we um, last week I discussed certain issues that uh, caused certain people to not feel comfortable in church. Um, this week I'm going to give uh, some solutions, as was asked of me. Um, and there's a, so I've got five points for us, and I've got to move quickly through them. Um, five points, ten minutes, two minutes each. The first solution to the issue of uh, of people feeling people of uh, people of Jewish origin finding themselves uncomfortable in church, people who have uh, studied the scriptures and come to the conclusion that God has something about. Israel, and yet they find this when they bring this up in church, they don't, uh, they don't fit in, and it can lead to some people even walking away from the faith. So here we go. Point number one: we need to relook at our relationship with the Old Testament and understand its true purpose. I mean, what is the Old Testament? It's often known or otherwise known as the Hebrew Bible or Moses and all the prophets, as it's referred in Luke twenty-four, right here in front of you. Beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. It's a record of our relationship between God and the people of his choosing. That record reflects the character of God. If you think God is portrayed in the Old Testament as a God of judgment, I suggest that you have not read enough. His grace and mercy is expressed in Leviticus 26, for example. Um, do you think the Torah means law? Do you think Moses means the law? This is a translation based on how the word Torah is reflected in rabbinical treatments. However, the root of the Hebrew word is actually closer to instruction rather than law. And I would challenge you to go back and read where you see the word law. I'd say read the word instruction and see how it changes the interpretation. Uh, for example, read um, Deuteronomy uh, 4 verse 6 to see how God intended it to be taken. Finally, listen to what Paul tells Timothy uh, in 2 Timothy 3.15. And then just stop for a second and reflect. The fact that Timothy was told that the uh, scriptures he had known from a child were able to make him wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. And the only scriptures he had access to was the Old Testament. We need to relook at our relationship with the Old Testament. Point number two, we need to deal with casual anti-Semitism. In other words, we need true exegesis, not rehashing old tropes. There's a school of thought that suggests that John Christostom, if you want to know who he is, listen to last week's message, that he was not anti-Semitic, just that his methods were not Jew-friendly. Let's call this casual anti-accidental anti-Semitism. We need to avoid this. For example, when everyone, whenever someone goes into the life of Jacob um, from Genesis 25 onwards, they head straight to Peniel and attempt to prove that Jacob was such a depraved character before his face-to-face -face meeting with the angel of the Lord at Peniel. I heard someone talk about Jacob's deception and Laban's deception and then comment on how this deception must suddenly be, must be genetic. I heard that in a sermon. Let that sink in. If I, being white, were to say that about Ghanaians or Nigerians, you would not only have every right, but every sense to throw me out of your presence. 
it's racist. Foot masters do it because they think they're building you up. But instead, they're installing racism into you. Let's stop it and read what is really there in Jacob's life instead of rehashing things that have been swimming around in the church from time immemorial. Number three, not being afraid of Jewish God-given culture. There are many things in Jewish culture that are man-made. Some of them not so bad. Some of them will have you tied up in knots. However, there is a part of their culture that is God-given. Leviticus 23, Deuteronomy 16, in various other places, tell about the feasts of the Lord. There's no time right now to go into the beauty and import of these feasts. One thing is plain. They're not meant to be given up when becoming a Christian. Or even, for even Jesus celebrated these feasts. And there are things like in Numbers 15, the tassels that they're supposed to put on their, their garments. They're about commandments of identification, things like dietary requirements, the Sabbaths, not just the weekly ones, that identify these people as a peculiar people. For them, these God-given cultural marks are non-negotiable. We must be willing to allow the Jews uh, that they should, in our, that are would be in our midst, to celebrate them. To quote Leviticus 23, 21, it is a statute forever in all your dwellings throughout all generations. And if I had time, I'd ask you, how long do you think forever is? Until the New Testament? Mm. Number four, understanding and accepting one, each one's place in God's plan. And this is an important thing. <clears throat> First Corinthians 7 Remain as you were called, for this is the grace that God has called you to. A Jew who is saved shouldn't seek to become like a Gentile, and a Gentile shouldn't seek to become circumcised and live like a Jew. It's plain scripture, done, no argument. Read 1 Corinthians 12. And accept that you are you in God's scheme of things. He has a plan, and that plan includes you as you are. It's just without the sin part, okay? Romans reads like this. It was a letter to a church that was part Jewish, part Gentile, unlike Galatians, which was sent to a wholly non-Jewish community. And the intent of Romans was that the two parties should get along as they are. The important thing to note is that if God has a plan for a particular people, that doesn't make you, who are of a different people, any less significant, any less important, any less special or any less saved, God most definitely has a plan for the Jewish people that is yet to be fulfilled. And if you have any doubt of that, read Isaiah 66, Zechariah 12 and 14. Just because, not, just because you are part of the nations that are to come under judgment, and yes, that is your nation, doesn't mean that you should seek to become part of another. You are beautiful in God's sight, and you are in the place where he has called you don't move from there. As our pastor is fond of saying, he is in the hand of Jesus. And we say, and please stay there. Finally, the last point is, don't underestimate the true power of the gospel. In other words, let's not delegate what God has given us to other worldly ideals. The gospel is enough. I mean, seriously, stop delegating Christian responsibility to 
political parties and other organizations. See Micah 6 verse 8. Do not think that social justice are the reserve of these political movements. Only the gospel has the power to transform lies. Anything else is a lie, usually founded on hatred and intended to lead people away from the Lord. Socialism is one such lie, based on a hatred for Jewish people. Palestinian nationalism, another, based on anti-Semitic lies. These things will not solve the problems that people have. Only the gospel has that. Consider Jesus clearing the temple is what we might call his most violent act, some might say. He stood up to those in his congregation who would keep people from God, who would try and uh, put a barrier between them and coming in to pray to the Lord. This we must do. Uh, please don't make whips and start to harm people who are already hurting, but the gospel is enough. So five points on how to make the church a better place, a more welcoming place for these people. We look at our relationship with the Old Testament, deal with this casual anti-Semitism that's in our culture, in uh, all the tropes that keep coming back. And do not be afraid of Jewish God-given culture. I'm not saying we should dive into it and, and take it on for ourselves. No, we just shouldn't be afraid of it when we see it in these special people. Understand and accept ourselves, that's important. Understand and accept our own place in God's plan where we are. And finally, do not underestimate the power, the true power of the gospel. And if we take on these things and move with them with, uh, with gusto, with ownership, we can take and transform this gospel, transform our churches into places where people do not feel that they, can, they have to run away to someplace else. And in that way, we will please the Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. God bless you.